Views and opinions discussed are purely those of the individuals who have shared them with us and are not to be used without permission. We may discuss some medical topics or items. Do not take this as medical advice. It is purely for information and entertainment purposes only. All right. Welcome back for episode 14. We have Dr. Tommy Lombardo on with us today. He is a Palmer West grad of, man, how long ago now? September last year, however long that is. About a year now. About a year now. About a year, yeah. Um, And he's out in Somerset, Mass. now, and we're just going to get rolling. Tommy, intro yourself. Let us know what you're up to. Thank you. Thank you, Justin and Danny, for having me on. Um, I am Dr. Tom Lombardo. Uh, For anybody listening, you can just call me Tom or Tommy. Uh, so I am, uh, again, like they said, recent Palmer college graduate. Um, I'm a chiropractor and strength and conditioning coach, um, mostly practicing out of Massachusetts and, uh, running my strength and conditioning stuff out of Rhode Island, Providence, Rhode Island, Providence Barbell Club. Um, yeah, I, um, I'm a rehab kind of minded clinician and, uh, young doctor and excited to talk to you guys about it. That's awesome, man. Um, wait, you practice in you strength conditioning in Rhode Island and Somerset Mass practice. How far away is that? I can't yeah. be that far. <laughs> it's it's not very far. Uh Rhode Island is you blink and you miss it kind of state. So I'm about 15 minutes from from my house when I come to Somerset, and I'm 15 minutes from my house when I go to Providence. So okay, it's, cool. Okay. It's enough. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. So let's talk about, um, I know Tommy personally, uh, toward the end of his Palmer career, we started hanging out a little bit. And so I know your transition from school to practice right now has been a little bit different. So kind of talk to us about how you kind of started, what your plan was. I know you talked about maybe doing your own thing. Um, so kind of touch on that transition for us. Yeah. Um, when I was leaving, I, I was pretty, uh, hopeful that the preceptorship down in um, Orange County was going to work out for me and it was going great. And then, um, I don't know if you recall, but my, my precept doc caught COVID hardcore, like uh, full on hospitalized, really serious stuff. Wow. Okay. Um, to the point where that gets pretty scary when you're like trying to finish your education and then there's a guy mm-hmm. supposed to sign a paper for you and can't. Um, so I had to kind of piece together the last part of the uh, internship with like self-education and like uh, continuing ed courses and stuff like that. Um, so, so right off the bat, the last, the last like quarter mile of the race, I was, I was hobbled, um, mm. but ended up being smooth. And uh, I graduated September, drove back across the country because I, I wasn't going to like sit on for, uh, for the doc to get better and, then we'd have to rebuild the practice because he was out for six weeks. So um, pretty quickly yeah. people in pain find other chiropractors. Right. So, right. Um, and I think he's doing well again, which is good, but um, definitely not well enough to have hired an associate at the rate that we were talking. At. So um, I was like, dude, what am I going to do? Like, uh, that's tough. You- you only kind of think about one thing. And as soon as it starts going well, you, you go for it. And uh, I don't know. I, I think I always knew that I had a plan B of being able to come home, but um, it was not exactly a choice to come back to Rhode Island at all. Um, it kind of was out of desperation. And then uh, instead of being fully licensed in California within a couple of weeks of graduating, like I would have been, I was starting the process of getting licensed in Rhode Island in October. Um, 
Rhode Island was apparently, I've just found out, Rhode Island, all of the professional licensing is handled by one person in one <laughs> office in the state house. Wow. Tough. So uh, she got a bunch of calls from me. She finally called back and she's like, dude, I'm one guy. Like, <laughs> and I'm, oh, crap, okay. Um, so I didn't get my license in Rhode Island until January 18th. Um, wow. so for those keeping track, that's a little bit longer than you want. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a mess. Um, in the meantime, I was working with, um, my long-term, uh, training partner and now business partner, Jeremy Simbron at the Providence Barbell Club doing what I love the most, which is very active, very, you know, uh, targeted programming for people. I was doing a little bit of rehab stuff like, um, my buddy is pure strength and conditioning, no medical background. So I was doing the assessment and uh, programming for specific like movement deficit goals, pain reduction goals, stuff like that. And uh, having a great time doing it, but not doing any manual therapy or any kind of adjusting for a long time, mm-hmm. um, which I was loving so much. And, uh, you know, I, I wish that I had more time so that I could be doing both of these things full time. Um, because once you're taking care of people, whether it's a patient or it's a client with strength and conditioning, you're taking care of them and mm-hmm. leaving or doing anything else is effectively abandoning them, at least in my, like my thought process. So, yeah. um, so I knew that I had to make both work somehow. Um, and I wasn't comfortable just doing programming without actually being there and helping the people. Cause let's be honest, people who only get programs don't check in super well. And I don't have time to be on the phone forever either. So um, I wanted to be there. Um, I found a job right away in Rhode Island. Um, and I should have known by the interview that it was too good to be true. Like um, they were making promises and they were like pretty much just like whatever I wanted was the coolest new thing. And I, I should have started being like, oh, wait a minute. Do these guys even know what the heck I do and like <laughs> what a chiropractor is allowed to do? Because the CEO of this company or CEO is like younger than me. <laughs> like, what, what kind of company was it? Like what? So they're like a integrated medicine kind of thing. At least that's what they sold me. They do, they currently do acupuncture and what they call medical massage, which is just all massage therapists billing insurance, which is pseudo illegal. Like you, you can do yeah. it if they have like a, an order. Um, but uh, they pretty much hired me so that I would give all these people orders to get massage. And um, oh. then I was trying to build a practice there and it was great because I had an hour for every eval and I had half an hour for every patient visit. And like the nine patients that I got, got better in three weeks, two weeks, four weeks. Like I was only there for five and um, my God, it was like, they were, they were actively fighting me with everything. They were, um, just they had an idea of what I was supposed to do and it was not chiropractic. And um, when I went in and looked at my billing, they were charging like nine, nine, two, one fives, which you guys know is highest medical complexity. And uh, I'm not reviewing labs for these people. I'm not right. Yeah. And I'm not spending that much time with them. It was like, I was like, we cannot bill that for me. And then part of the job was to review everyone else's notes. And then I see, in the massage therapy notes, nine nine two one fours. I'm like, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. 
what <laughs> yeah yeah so um they just didn't know what they were doing and uh they were pretty much exploiting my license which yeah you couldn't pay me enough to, to yeah, my yeah. License, you know um it took me so long to get i don't want to give it up right away <laughs> right <laughs> gotta deal with that one gotta deal with that one person again <laughs> <laughs> so how'd you get out of that and into what you're now oh uh, man i um you know, you smell smoke before the fire, right? And I just kind of felt like things were weird. And I politely asked for a meeting with like the HR lady. Mm-hmm. And I get on a I get on a call with her. And then halfway through the call, I hear the CEO's voice because he's like secretly on the call, dude. And Ooh. I up, HR lady is his mom. I was like, HR, it sounds like oh, a small man. company this, to begin with. <laughs> this is all kinds of messed up. <laughs> yeah, bro. Uh, I tell it like it's a funny story, but it was the most stressful. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, sure. You shouldn't be laughing. At it, like, you can laugh now. Uh, oh, man. The email chain was like insane. Uh, my my threat to resign was met with like uh, this stone wall of text that was like, these are all the things you're doing wrong, man. And I'm like, whoa, okay, no problem. Um, I looked through my contract, read it again, and it was at will um, dismissal. So I said, okay, I'm never coming again. Send me my next paycheck. And uh, here's, sent them a letter to give to all my patients, which was, like I said, six of them, um, about who they could go see in the area and that I was sorry, but I would be taking a leave of absence from the company and all that kind of stuff and uh, gave them referrals to other companies that were not this company um, and uh, sent them a resignation letter with detailed reasons why I thought that they were in the wrong. Um, and uh, they pretty much said, okay, bye. And like locked me out of everything. Um, before, the, before I even asked for the, the call, it was because they had took away my ability to code in my notes, like blocked me out of it. Um, which mm. I don't know the legality of that. Um, I'm pretty sure your front desk is not supposed to put codes in for you, but I'm sure someone does it without it being a problem. But uh, for me, it was a huge problem because they were obviously trying to over overcode, and yeah. um, it doesn't matter who puts that in if it's sent out under my license. It's me that's overcoding. Yeah. Uh, so you gotta be careful. You guys gotta be fucking careful. And if you're not gonna deal with insurance like you, Justin, like bless, like still take good <laughs> notes, and still yeah. keep track of the stuff, but like my god it's really not cool to wake up in the middle of the night thinking like wow okay that nightmare was of me uh no longer practicing chiropractic here i am one month in and i'm already done uh, which that's a nightmare dude. We, we got a lot of money in this so yeah uh, yeah <laughs> it was scary and um resigned and then uh put out a bunch of other applications i went back to thinking that i would practice on my own wanted to um just kind of build a base from inside of the barbell club, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which would be totally cool. But one of the owners of the actual club is a physical therapist and I didn't want to step on toes. And I had just been working there for about six months. So I didn't want to rush into anything and whatever. So um, in the meantime, started learning about what it would take to build a business and um, sent out a couple uh, applications for part-time things. Um, right as you do because you need to be employed um quick question sorry tommy yeah. Yeah, yeah that gap that you had um for waiting for your license how did you keep your hands fresh for <laughs> lack of a better term i 
almost didn't, man. Um, as you know, you don't really want to just adjust anybody and everybody. You want to make right. sure you're doing like at least a cover your own butt exam, right? Um, mm-hmm. Even with your friends and stuff. So uh, hard to get my friends to take me seriously with practice if I'm practicing. So I didn't want to like mess the boundaries up and have them think that I would be doing this for fun or anything, right? Like I'm right. I'm trying to <clears throat> skill. And some people got that and uh, and they were able to do it uh, and take me seriously and like do the exercises that I was asking them to do and everything like that. So I had like three or four really close friends that I would practice on. Um, but mostly man, um, I just wouldn't be afraid that you'll lose skill because once yeah. you know the principles, you can get it back pretty quick. Like I, I didn't get to adjust in my preceptorship at all, mm-hmm. except for adjusting oh. the doctor. Be- yeah, because he went out week three, right when I was supposed to start taking my own patients. So, right. Um, so I was like all of July, almost all of August, no adjustment came back up saw you guys a bunch what's up yeah like obviously when you're back up with your buddies i adjusted again a bunch and like got my hands back but then left in october and it was like november december january before i was like adjusting more than two people in a week um yeah and admittedly i was not very comfortable with that i was like so freaked out that i wasn't gonna be good but you don't forget how to tension something you don't forget the feel of your hands um like uh, my favorite mentor of all time, Dr. Nook says, you should palpate everything all the time, right? And, yeah. you know, obviously be appropriate, but um, the feel was still there. So I wasn't really, I wasn't really that far out of it. And like, I was just thinking today, I was like, oh, I'm back. Like I'm yeah, yeah. getting everything. So uh, it takes a little bit, but I, I didn't necessarily keep my hands fresh and um, okay. ended up being okay. Ended cool. Up being okay. Well, that, but, that's a testament to how much, uh, practice we had in school and how much we outside of school how much we all practiced so yeah I, I, i'm not fearful of that yeah no and you guys shouldn't be i mean that's how i got to know you guys was practicing so like right you guys were constantly knowledge seeking and like oh, it made me such a better adjuster too because i had to be able to explain to you guys and and our other friends that are highly inquisitive and want to know why all the time so i had to be able to show and explain why and that kind of stuff solidifies the skill for you, you know? Um, yeah. If you want to be really good at doing, then you should try to teach, I think. Because if you can't really teach, then how well do you understand something? I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of people with that. No, Very good point. But ended up, after the um, after the couple part-time things got sent out, I had a really good conversation with the man who ended up being my boss. And uh, the interview felt like just like this, like a conversation I was answering questions I was like not trying to sell myself I just I had decided that whoever was going to hire me was going to hire me and not ooh, me like the yeah oh yeah me all like brushed up and like nah man I'm I'm a guy who doesn't shave I'm a guy who's like <laughs> a little bit gruff my delivery is not going to be completely always uh, delicate like so I wanted to be accepted for me and decided to just kind of throw myself because I had already decided that I could have done it on my own if I wanted to. And uh, we just had such a good conversation about my vision and the way I view chiropractic 
that the guy was like, hey, we're interviewing for part-time, but um, we have a clinic that's open. I'd like for you to do it. And I was like, do what? Work there a little bit? And he's like, no. So um, the full-time, like directing a clinic opportunity as like a fresh doctor is like super intimidating. Um, they put me through like a seven to eight week training under another doctor in Taunton, Massachusetts. So I was seeing probably 50 a week for seven weeks and um, mm-hmm. getting used to a little bit more high volume adjusting because that's the way that that clinic runs. Um, and, uh, you know, 50, there's some chiropractors that'll hear that and be like, oh boy, that's not high volume. <laughs> I know, <laughs> I'm very aware. Uh, but coming from the clinic where seven in a day is like, I worked hard day right yeah it's a big change um so then you know got trained up through there and uh felt really really comfortable with the amount of support that i got with the amount of autonomy that i was allowed to have um so then when i went and i met the patients here in somerset um there were plenty of great patients that just accepted me right away there were some that had a very prove it attitude which is okay because the doctor running this had gone out on medical leave and they had a temporary doctor come in. So they already had to change docs. And then in another two months, they changed again. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's like a very like middle-aged dude who's already kind of vulnerable, like doesn't necessarily want help in general. And then they got, oh yeah, hot young Dr. Tom coming in. <laughs> you know, and uh you know, that they always, they leave and they're like, hey, pretty good guy. So yeah. had to learn it a little bit, but um, for the most part, I, I kind of fell into a practice that was already fully built and um, just steering the ship. So explain that a little bit or touch on that a little bit. So the guy you work for owns a number of clinics and you are the director of a clinic under that umbrella? Yes. So the company that I work for is Milton Chiropractic and Rehab. Um, they fall under a branch of a bunch of different companies. It's not like a franchise per se, because we don't have like regimented, um, everybody does this, this is the policy, this is the treatment plan kind of thing. But I think that, uh, 27 different doctors are employed under this umbrella, just of chiropractic. Um, we are also, we are basic physical therapy. We are movement physical therapy. We are Cypress Health Partners. So it's like a it's a larger LLC run by a man who is every time I hear him talk, I'm like floored. This guy that runs the whole thing. Um, he's a doctor of chiropractic and a doctor of physical therapy, both. Wow. And uh, yeah, pretty pretty dedicated to the craft, right? Um, and he he talks to us distinctly separate, but also as a whole group sometimes. Which is cool because I, I do think that though we, you know, from the outside looking in, Cairo and PT can look very similar depending on how people practice. But um, I do think that the philosophies of the company inside of this are two separate things. Like I do a little bit less rehab than, than you guys assume that I would because that's all I ever talked about in school. But um, really I'm realizing my role in this company is mostly to be the manual therapy guy and to be the, you know, the first line of defense for exercise where I show like some very basic stuff and start to do my stuff. And, um, you know, my DNS stuff, I'm doing pretty much 
I'm showing basic intra-abdominal pressure and not progressing so far after that because uh, I've got on a good day, 20 minutes with a patient. On a bad day, I've got 12. Um, so, and, and that's, I have different types of feelings about that for sure. I'm all over like, sometimes I wish I had more time. Sometimes I'm like, I didn't need to spend 20 minutes with this person, but they talked to you forever. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're like, a, we're a big chain of everything. So I get a lot of support, like I said. Um, mm. but I have full autonomy and I only report to one man as far as what, you know, what my daily goings on are. So, uh, so do you have a nice referral network for other providers when needed? I have, uh, I work with a physical therapist in the same building as me. Um, we just have a little wall separating it. We share a, a waiting room. We share a front desk. Um, yeah, my buddy is, uh, we talked like pretty extensively the first two weeks that I was here to make sure that I think we're both feeling each other out and he's trying to make sure that I don't think I'm putting bones back into place and I'm trying to make sure he's not just stretching people. And uh, wait, 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 we don't put bones back into place. Oh, Justin. Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> I'm just oh, kidding. We don't, have to go there. we don't have to go there. Oh my man. I had to revisit that. Of course. Come on. I love it. I love it. Oh man. Um, yeah. And I still have that talk like every single day. Like I've got somebody coming in and being like, I don't know if I'm misaligned or if it's, this other thing i'm like well it's the other thing um <laughs> I, I try not to be so dismissive and sometimes sometimes i'm like dealing with somebody and i'm like okay big rocks don't talk to them about the alignment thing because they're just going to think you're an idiot and you go based on you know you meet them where they're at mm -hmm. and you make sure they trust you before you try to change their perspective on something because i've already tried to tell an old lady that what I do is not magic. And instead of like appreciating it, she just got mad and she still comes and she's still mad. Yep. All right. Um, hey, you work sorry. the magic, man. Come on. The magic hands. So how do you, you've obviously grown this practice. How have you done? So has it been word of mouth? Have you gotten out in the community and do you, do you do things? It's kind of one of the topics we talked about with our last speaker. Um, but how have you kind of grown that? individual practice that you've been running um if you're referring to my friend dr marv i'm <laughs> still upset he got on here before me but uh I do, <laughs> he is he is a wealth of knowledge um so yeah i walked into a practice that was seeing at least 75 a week no matter what okay um, i'm up at 95 ish um part of that is just from the vast network of you know clinics that we have um sometimes i'm just the closest clinic um my google search optimization is huge like if you type in chiropractic and you're within a 20 mile radius of where i am my clinic comes up and that comes from the person-to-person -person aspect like you get someone to trust you you get someone to be like bought in and you give them a little i mean we have it and I'm lucky, again, this is part of the support that I have. We have cards that you just scan a QR code and it brings you up to our Google review site. And all you got to do is tap the amount of stars, write a couple sentences, boom. So right. like the first three people that I, that I knew were like homies um, that like that was helping and not just because of the adjustment, right? Because I think almost anybody with a certain amount of practice can be a really good adjuster. Mm -hmm. But um, 
for them to like really trust you and to feel comfortable with you and to have those things be the things that they want to talk about when they're recommending you is super important. Like they don't really care if you were valedictorian or if you were, you know, just some guy who skipped class a bunch or whatever. They care about who you present as when they come to the clinic and they care that you don't do anything that doesn't vibe with what they're trying to do. You don't do anything that makes them uncomfortable. You listen to them thoroughly. You don't cut them off and say, oh, I know where you're going. I know where you're going with that, right? Like the things that would be so easy to do without thinking about it, you just make sure you don't do that and be a good human first. And um, you ask people to say, hey, like, would you mind giving a review? Like, since you did so well under my care, but blah, blah, blah. you know, um, a lot of times I try to use a little personal thing. Like uh, some lady came out the other day and she was like raving about something I just did. And I was like, I was like, Deb hears that all the time. You know, who doesn't? Google slitter the car. She laughed. <laughs> Smooth. Yeah, yeah, I like that. But it's okay. You got to try swinging a yeah. bit. Um, but uh, yeah, getting out in the um, in the community is very important. Obviously, like uh, my advice is to try to get coffee at every shop everywhere, right? And as soon as they have any hint of recognizing you, because you're like, yeah, you're the latte guy at at nine thirty or whatever, drop mm-hmm. the card and say, hey. I'm a chiropractor in town. Like if you know anybody or whatever, do you mind if I leave this card here? Or do you want to take this card kind of thing? Um, Cause everybody was to coffee shops and I'm a hipster. So that's where I like to be, <laughs> uh, you know, and you do like the, you know, the local diners and stuff like that. Like I've got, we've got probably five different patients that work along this busy street serving food as like a, a breakfast diner kind of thing. So I don't know. I've never been to Vancouver and I've never been to Salt Lake City. So I'm not sure what the vibes are there, but like you really do want to just kind of identify your, um, your ideal client. And for me, that's like general population. Cause I love to hammer home the, the baseline of daily activity, the, the baseline of nutritional support and that kind of thing. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I want to work with athletes and stuff, but I can help everybody. everybody. So I want to do that. So That's I'm, cool. I'm all about the boots on the ground, like go and meet people and tell them who you are and what you do. Yeah. Um, I also play a lot of golf and always have a business card. And uh, that one's a big one. Um, yeah. So, you know, Justin, you're going to be in the gyms, man. Yeah. Hard on you. Absolutely. You know? That's the exact kind of stuff you want to be doing. And like, Danny, your family's from Vancouver. Yes. So like you're, yeah. you're practicing like where you grew up. Yep right in the heart of it super advantageous for me to have come home because though it was not a choice it's a blessing like i've got cheaper place to live i've got a million people that already know me and trust me and right you know they've got people you don't necessarily want to be treating your family and like super friends and stuff right but you can totally treat the periphery you can totally treat their friends and stuff so that's you know it's an advantage in itself um but other than that, man, I'm just providing good care, being honest, always showing up, always giving more than I'm receiving and, um, you know, kind of being blessed by the return without, you know, I haven't worked very hard at marketing since three weeks ago. <laughs> That's good. It's good to hear that you can, yeah. that it's good to hear that you can do that without like being so present on social media. I've done nothing on social media, absolutely yeah. none. And um, the first time I do post on social media that I practice 
I'm going to get the worst patient ever to come to me. Like, I'll be like, oh, no, you? What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm sorry. Um, it's okay. I, I joke, but um, I, I'm actually in the, in the process right now of building a social media type presence, but it's not because I want to, um, it's not because I want to be social media famous. It's because I'm sick of saying the same thing to everybody. Right. And so I want to have a basic exercise library of me explaining in my terms what I want them to do. And I want to be able to say, go here, look at this. And like, mm -hmm. and then if you find it helpful, sure, share it. I don't really mind, but um, I don't plan to be like, I don't plan to be entertaining debates in my comments. I don't plan to be like having my posts circulating so that I can have a super wide reach. I want to take care of the people in front of me because one, those are the people that legitimately matter to me person to person. And two, those are the people that pay me, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so I think that's that's important. If you're going to do the social media thing, then it should be for a clear reason, and it should yeah. be like not a chore and not something that takes away from what you're able to do in person, because that's what's important, man. Like, I don't know, man. Um, you can be as smart as you want if you don't have anybody showing up and trusting you as the expert. Yeah. Um, I also, this is a really cool thing. I think um, I have a cousin who's very, very involved in my community. So again, going home and having connections makes things easier. So I didn't have to like reach out to this, but um, there's an organization in my area called Thrive Outside, and they are all about getting kids outside and connecting with nature, which if you guys have seen my Instagram ever, it's 95% me on top of mountains. Yeah. 5% uh, me lifting some kind of weight. Uh, so activity and outside, very into that. Um, I just kind of, when I was reconnecting with her as I came back, I just was like, hey, I'd like to be involved and uh, planted that seed. She came back to me and said, hey, do you want to join, you know, Thrive Outside and help us out and this and that? And, uh, because I'm doing full-time here at MCR and doing probably 15 to 20 hours of work for the Barbell Club. I don't exactly have time to be, you know, on a board or anything like that, but mm -hmm. I do have time to write and contribute to blogs, which is another way that you don't have to repeat what you want to say all the time. You just say, hey, this is a three-minute read about this. <laughs> Go for it. Yeah. Um, and a little bit of a brag here, but uh, I wrote my first blog article two weeks ago, just about uh, movement variability and like exposing kids early to a wide variety of movements. So they have a good movement vocabulary so that they're less likely to roll their ankle and break it or, you know, step off a curb and all of a sudden, oh, my low back hurts because uh, they're not prepared and haven't been It was, it was a good one. It was a good quick read. It was a nice, it was a nice read. I didn't see that one. Tom, you got to send that. Is it, is that on your social media? It's a, uh, it was on my story. I'll, okay. I'll, I was say, he made it a quick, quick, brief passerby uh, story. Type yeah, yeah, yeah. You know me. Under the radar. <laughs> um, but within the first day, I was the most widely read on that site nice. and uh, drove a little bit of traffic to some of their other stuff, too. So, like, it's a wonderful opportunity to help other people by using, you know, my little platform, which is completely different than their platform. Mm -hmm. And, um, 
you know, I got people out in San Jose reading it, you know, like got people down in Las Vegas reading it. We got people up in Bend, Oregon reading it. So we got, you know, a lot of opportunity for people to get eyes on stuff that, uh, you know, going to school is a blessing because now I know people from literally everywhere. I know people from four different countries from school. So, yeah. So what Uh, platforms are you planning on using to spread your, your video stuff for your patients, that sort of thing, just from kind of a, I want to know more type of perspective, but thinking YouTube, thinking Instagram, blog posts of your own on your own website. What are you thinking? I think that I, um, well, I'd love to continue to guest blog for things because it's great practice and without like the expectation of, oh, when's Tom going to write his next thing, right? Um, my cousin brought up to me, she was like, she's like, dude, this is, this is awesome and you should consider just, you know, writing for the sake of writing and then flesh out the ideas and when you feel like putting them out, go for it. So I've been doing that a little bit and like some current topics that I'm talking about are like why walking isn't just low level physical activity. There's like research that shows like it's great for low back and neck pain, separate mm-hmm. too. Um, and like I was talking to one of my colleagues and they were like, yeah, walking's great, but you need load to adapt. And I'm like, absolutely. But if you don't realize that when you're stepping, and the impact coming all the way up the chain, that's load for most of these people. I'm seeing, I'm seeing probably 20% of my patients are Medicare, um, sweet old ladies that sit cows butts, man. Like they're mm-hmm. not, they're not like loading the tissue at all. So walking is load. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, that's one thing I'm musing on. And on the other side, I'm talking about why you need load. So those are things that if I was pressed to like make a blog thing, I would have such a hard time sitting there and getting it all done. But when you're just musing on it, it's great. So I'm thinking I'm going to do my own website eventually. Um, mm. my little videos and stuff I'll probably put onto just my Instagram. Um, not me as Instagram, but I made a super brilliant tag, the stash spot. <laughs> oh, look at you. It's a nice place to stash my uh, exercise videos and blog and Hopefully we can get you some beard uh, endorsements. <laughs> I'm hoping so, man. I'm hoping so. Uh, but yeah, that'll that'll be kind of the next step is uh, spreading that a little bit. And you guys know Austin, yeah? So he and I were talking um, very recently just about like, I'm always caught up with like, doesn't everybody know this basic shit? Uh, everyone I went to school with does, yeah but that's not who you're writing for, man. I'm not trying to educate Danny and Justin anymore. Like you guys right. know, I know it's everybody else. And um, I constantly fight with, is this just adding to the noise? And I'm sure you guys have also thought this too. Like starting a podcast is a huge undertaking and doing it in school about school must've been like, oh man, like are people going to bust my balls about this? Is anyone even going to listen? How are we right. able to talk to us? What are we going to talk about week after week? So there's like every hurdle in the book if you want to sit there and sit on your thumbs but people don't know this stuff and like people want to hear from real people and they don't want to just be like oh I'll go read men's health magazine because we're past that and we know that the experts aren't necessarily doing that anymore like um, I'm sure uh, I'm sure there's plenty of experts writing for men's health but it's not where everyone's getting most of their exercise information anymore. It's way more readily available on the internet. And, um, 
yeah, I'm just trying to spread some simple words and just, again, not have to repeat myself every single day. Like if I can just point to an article that well explains why I want them to do something, then I'm like, look, it's not just you, like it's everybody, here we go. I hope that I can convince people a little easier because you don't have all the time in the world to, to you know, uh, go back and forth and compromise with people on what they're going to choose to do for their own health. So no. it's better to have a uniform message, I think. Absolutely. And I think the website's the best place for it because <clears throat> you can have a location you can send people and then it's less likely to have the back and forth on social media and all the other places yeah. where people can argue. But to the the effect of like reaching your people, I think, especially now people, it's so hard to like find places to trust information from that if you have your source, I think you can send people to, it's going to build and grow. So I think that's pretty awesome, man. Yeah, thank you, man. Thank you. So I know this is, whole podcast is meant to be about school and the whole uh, transition out of school now for us, but what sort of tips, tricks do you have for students coming out of school and going into their first year of practice, because that's probably where you can best give advice at the moment. Yeah, for sure. Um, so cliche, but the learning doesn't stop in school. Man. <laughs> <I'm> like <laughs> we've had we've had so many conversations about why certain things in school were not necessarily optimal or perfect or even good. Um, which is just the reality of it. I, I think that the more that I'm out in the public interacting with other professions, um, I'm realizing two things. It's not just chiropractic school that can be total bullshit. And every single person, no matter who you are, no matter what profession you're in, you have the capacity to be very bad at your job. And if you are not showing up all the time, you're gonna be bad at your job. This is not something we can mail in. Like you have to choose to do your best for these people every single day. Mm -hmm. um, and you learn that pretty quick when you're having a bad day, but someone's having a worse day. Like you can be in the worst mood that you could have, but you see someone that you are starting to care for and care about and they walk in and they look distraught because you know that they did something over the weekend that brought them in pain. Nothing in your life is going on it. You're there. Um, so that was a big change for me. I was like, like, whoa, I'm able to step out of myself here. And it takes a little practice. Um, but uh, I think that having an open mind is a really good thing. Um, I think that being willing to change your attitudes about some of the opinions you've made during school is really important. Like I was pretty anti-manual therapy for as soon as I was able to read research. And uh, then I realized that like the power of touch is like insanely important and like doing a little bit of kneading on a 82 year old's traps and having her, having her come back and like wanting to cry because she was able to turn her neck. And like, I, I used an activator and some kneading on the traps. like you can't discount that, man. Like, I don't care what your research says. Like that lady loves me and thinks that I gave her her life back. Sometimes you have to do some stuff that's based on the patient's expectation, whether it's adjust when you don't necessarily want to, um, whether it is, eh, let me 
put a caveat there. You shouldn't adjust if you feel like it's not the right thing. Sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good catch. <laughs> but you know, like, uh, I'm just like, all right, all this person necessarily needs is to move, but they want to be adjusted. If you just say, no, I need you to just move. They find a new chiropractor, man. So yep. sometimes you do have to do some stuff. That's a trade-off where you're like, yeah, okay. It's safe and it's pertinent to do this. It might not be the optimal thing, but it's safe and it's, you know, effective and it, for whatever reason is what they want. So they're the ones paying you. Yep. It's okay to do it. Like, mm -hmm. uh, so that, that was a big one for me, I think, because I had to put my ego aside. And, you know, I think the strength and conditioning, I was so already like over the optimal conversation. And I'm much more of an expert in strength and conditioning than I have been in chiropractic because I'm new to chiropractic and I've been doing SNC for 10 years. Mm -hmm. So I know that there's different tools for different things that are more effective at different times. It doesn't matter if it's a dumbbell RDL or a barbell RDL, or if it's just like a good morning or a goblet hip hinge. Like if they need to hinge, I don't care what one's the best one. I'm going to do the one that they're going to do repeatedly. Yeah. Right. Same thing with Cairo, man. Like it doesn't really matter what optimal is, or it doesn't really matter what, what doesn't work or this or that. If the patient in front of you could benefit from it, like it, there's no reason to be like, no, I'm only a fascia guy. I don't do any adjusting. If an adjustment is going to help this person, you never know if you don't try. But if the thing that you want to do doesn't jive with them for whatever reason, then you have to try something else or you have to refer them to somebody who will. Mm -hmm. And as a young doctor, I'd much rather keep them under my care. So I'm going to do the thing that they want me to do, probably. As long as it's obviously respectful in the conversation. <laughs> if I don't have anything I've been demanded to do. Um, and then I would say my advice, just as a guy on this side of it, is that there's a lot of people who are young in the profession, a lot of people in like the student realm that are making these posts and fighting these fights and saying these things with absolute certainty that have seen 20 patients total, that have seen less than 20 patients total, done 15 evals, you know. How do you know? Like how do you know to trust the research? How do you know that the research was done well? How do you know to discount something completely? How do you know when to discount something? How do you know all these things to be speaking in such absolutes? Um, mm. You're gonna realize that the world is not black and white and it is a million shades of gray, very fast. And like, that's why I think that it's much smarter to be speaking softly and carrying a big stick than it is to, <laughs> You know? No, that's great. Yeah, that's great. Oh, well said. Well said. Yeah, man. very well said. I. Sure. That's Thank awesome. You. Yeah. Danny, got any other questions? No, man. That was that was very informative, Tommy. Uh, yeah. Thank um, you so much for your, for your time. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for coming on this Monday after evening for you out there on the East Coast. <laughs> much yeah, appreciated. Have your long day. Fun. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you guys for having me on. This is a honestly first podcast experience. I am. Uh, Super psyched. I told like 16 different people that I'm <laughs> awesome. We'll actually have some listeners then. Great. I hope nice. so. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks again, man. Best of luck. Yeah. Thank you guys for having me on. I appreciate you both. All right. Take care.